Welcome to the Pinch to Zoom podcast, the show where we zoom in on the latest tech news, products, and trends. I'm Stetson. I'm Gabe. And in this episode, we're doing the best Black Friday deals of 2020, as well as some tips and purchase advice as you're hunting for the best tech deals out there. But first, quick news. So Gabe, roll that intro. All right, and welcome to Quick News, where we talk about what's new, what's news, and what could be new in the world of tech. Today, we have new products up first, of course, and there's still some stuff rolling in. It's surprising. Like, yeah, there it's are amazing. Some new products. I mean, we had a flurry, I feel like almost a blizzard, a snowstorm, torrential downpour of tech products in Techtober, Tech November, Tech Timber, uh, and now everything. Well, it's it's Just starting add to turn tech on the front of every month pretty much at this point. <laughs> it's turning into a little bit more of a drizzle, so products are still trickling down, uh, but not as many as before. Gabe, what do we have new this week or the past two weeks? Kind of a mix of everything. So first off, the one that I'm the most excited about and is really big for videographers and really any people who are recording audio, which more and more is everyone is recording audio because audio is so important when you're doing videos or anything like that, live streaming. And the new thing that we saw is the Zoom F2 and F2BT, which great names that totally let you know what they are. But basically, these are new ultra compact field recorders from the company Zoom, which makes the popular H4n and other audio interfaces and stuff like that. Now, the hallmark feature of these products is the 32-bit float recording, which I think we've talked about on past episodes, right? I think we've discussed it, but could you do a quick recap? Like, why is 32-bit float so important, and why is it a hallmark feature of this recorder? Yeah, basically what 32-bit float recording is promising and delivers is the ability to never have to adjust your gain and never worry about peaking, which I'm constantly worrying about right now. You know, I'm almost thinking of peaking this microphone to show you how bad it sounds, but except for I don't want to have to deal with that in post. And if I had this new Zoom uh, recorder, I would never have to deal with it because 32-bit float basically has so much range in the way because 32 bits, if you don't know, 32-bit compared to 16-bit is exponentially bigger, even though it just seems like, oh, that doubled. It actually, it's exp like, because you're squaring the numbers to, for the number of bits, it's off the charts. And because audio has far less information than video or photography, uh, when you're doing audio with 32-bit, yeah, you, you can just capture everything. Yeah, it just you records, you yeah. edit it in post. It's kind of like recording raw video files. You get editing flexibility. But it's when you're even, recording... But it's even, it's even more. Like raw video, you still have a peak on how much dynamic range you get. This is like if you had the dynamic range of the human eye in it's, a video camera. It's incredible. There's You basically don't set your levels. It just records everything. You fix it in post. Yeah. And yeah, these... Live mics from Zoom look incredible because what are they starting at? Yeah, they're starting at $150 for the standard model. And that comes with a lav mic, so it's a little compact recorder that you clip on your subject or yourself uh, to record audio. And you can put in up to, I think, a 512 gigabyte micro SD card. So sky's the limit. And then the Bluetooth-enabled version, which is the F2BT, that's like, I guess that kind of makes sense now, is $199. And basically what that lets you do is monitor the audio, which shouldn't really have to do, but you can keep an eye on it, start and stop recording from your phone using their app. So yeah, very exciting new products. I think they'll start shipping in December. So 
keep an eye out for those. Put those on your Christmas list, potentially, if you want those. Uh, moving on, we have Atomos, uh, which is known for their camera monitors and video recorders. I think you have their Ninja, right? I have the Ninja or, 5, yeah, that's the Ninja correct. Ninja 5. Very popular for people, for freelance video uh, professionals who are out there filming to get a little more out of their cameras and to get some really professional quality overlays and monitoring features on the video end. And now they have this new product, which kind of came out of the blue and I did not see coming, which is their Connect 4K Professional, basically an HDMI to USB converter that will let your average user plug any camera they have with an HDMI output into a computer for streaming via Twitch, UBS, and other platforms. That's great. I mean, we've needed competition for the Elgato recorder, which I think has been sold out uh, for a while now. Oh, it's in, it was in stock at our local Best Buy when I walked in there a couple oh, weeks ago. Okay, so. so maybe maybe there was like a surge of demand and now it's Yeah, kind of... the, the lockdown and stuff in March definitely piqued people's interest in getting those and getting streaming. But now it's kind of, they've been able to catch up. But still, the Elgato uh, streaming stick or whatever they call it is, or Camlink, that's what it is, is $130.00. And this new uh, Connect 4K Professional, I'm just going to call it the Connect 4K Pro. I think that's a better name. That's what they should call it. Uh, it's going to go for $80. So you're saving $50. And they're essentially identical spec-wise. You know, 4K input you can get, but I think the max output is still 10. I think they can both do 4K 30 output, but 1080p at 60 frames per second is what a lot of people are going to do. Great value, great way to up your streaming quality with uh, using a camera or capturing gameplay or whatever. Uh, also news from Atomos, they recently released a software update uh, for the uh, some of their recorders. So you can record up to 5.9K ProRes RAW video from the Panasonic Lumix S5. So nice wow, little perk there. That little camera is getting a little more powerful uh, if you have an Atomos, of course. Moving on, we have Western Digital or WD. They brought SSD to their My Passport line of external drives with a new product that is super fast. It goes 1,000 megabits per second, uh, which is basically on par with the new Samsung T7s that are really compact external SSDs. And the pricing is really the great feature. You know, Western Digital isn't, you know, maybe as great of a product name and like doesn't seem as professional and cool as like Lacey or uh, what is it, GTEC. But they're the same. Literally, Western Digital owns SanDisk and uh, GTEC. So you're getting the same drives in all the different products. And in this case, it's, yeah, it doesn't look as awesome. It's more of a consumer product, but you're, you know, for 500 gigabytes, $90, one terabyte, 160, two terabytes for 290. And even though these are just released, I've already seen them on sale with the one terabyte model going for as low as $130 in specific colors. So, That's great. Great, great deal. I honestly, I, I'm now torn between getting this and getting the Samsung T7. Really? That's interesting. What, because would it come down to price? I mean, I feel like I guess, SSDs yeah. are so similar. It's just price get... would be the main thing because they're both very similar read and write speeds are right around a thousand megabits per second. So I'd probably end up, or megabytes per second, sorry. I'd probably end up going with, I guess, the size. The Samsungs are smaller. So potentially that's okay. easier to like filter on the back of your computer. Yeah. Sure. Potentially. I mean, portability is the key with these things. Speaking of Samsung, uh, they actually had two different products they announced. Uh, one, they had budget smartphones, of course. It's like Samsung. Yeah, this is the last thing they, they have. Need. I mean, they, they have their main, out. right? Yeah, they have their main flagship smartphones, but they just keep announcing more budget smartphones. Why should people care about these at all? Yeah, so honestly, you probably shouldn't unless you live in Europe. They're just budget entry-level phones coming to the Europe market. 
Uh, it's the A12 and the A02S. Uh, basically, some flag, not some flagship, but some budget phones. A uh, 6.5 inch HD display, fingerprint reader, um, and it's got a 48 megapixel camera and two, uh, two, two megapixel depth sensing cameras. Uh, very disappointing. That's gross. Um, but really, it's for people who live in Europe, and it kind of shows, in my opinion, just the demographic differences, like the preferences of consumers in the U.S. versus Europe, where I feel like they're more budget conscious and uh, focused on getting good value. So these yeah, are actually it's the same in India and the Asia markets. We also see a lot of budget phones targeted there. Yeah, it's really interesting. So these are launching for the A12 is going for 179 euros, or around 212 dollars. Uh, starting price and the A02S starting at 150 euros. Uh, I'll just say don't get the A02S. It's not a good value. Um, but it, yeah, it's interesting to me that Samsung's actually announcing these today, but they're going to be available in early 2021 with the Galaxy A12 launching in January and the A02S launching in February. Kind of interesting. I think they're kind of announcing them now so that uh, no news or whatever. Uh, comes out when they actually launch their flagship line of devices, the Galaxy A, excuse me, the Galaxy S21 in February of 2021. Yeah, okay, we spent far too long talking about those than we should have. It might be good for some people in Europe, but really, Samsung, come on, let's let's step it up a little bit. Yeah, you, you, it'd be better to get like a used flagship phone at that price. Like, well, especially, like, it just seems like some of the things, like the macro cameras and like, Oh, micro and USB? micro USB. Oh, that's insane. That's what are so they doing? Bad. Yeah, yeah. Those products on. don't even deserve to exist. Let's let's talk about the Samsung product that I'm actually kind of excited about. The Samsung M5 and M7 smart monitors, which boiling it down to like the simplest marketing thing is essentially it's like a TV and a computer monitor had a baby together. Whoa. Kind of neat. What? Yeah, so yeah, well, what are we getting? Are you into that? Is that what you're into? I'm not into that. Okay, Thank good. You, you kind of seemed a little into it, and I was a little worried. But yeah, this is uh, the basically you got a 27 and a 32-inch varieties of this. And you know it has the USB-C like a computer monitor, so you can plug in your computer, you get power over USB-C. But like a smart TV, it also has Wi-Fi, so you can you know connect to Wi-Fi, and then has a Samsung smart TV, which uh, operating system. I think it runs like Tizen or whatever Tizen Samsung's Tizen yeah, yeah. Um, um, so I'm seeing it's like called Samsung's smart hub yeah so it works with airplay bluetooth and you can even use Samsung's decks to actually like run basically a computer off of your Samsung mobile device it's really I think this is an interesting you know proposition or product to launch potentially see you know what's out there for smaller TVs in the US market because for so long the US market has really been dominated by like 48 inches being the smallest TVs available. It's Compared true. To, it's true. Talking about Europe previously, like Europe, their most popular TV size, I think, is like 38, possibly, or something. So this gives Samsung an outlet for those smaller TV panels. Uh, the Samsung M5 is their 1080p version, and you get a 27 inch one at $230 and a 32 inch at $280. The M7 is their 4K Ultra HD version, and that goes for $400. Uh, and those will both be available soon with the M7 being available a little later. I honestly love this idea. You know, it's almost perplexing. We haven't seen a product like this before. Yeah. I think what we have is kind of an interesting cross-section, though, where the problem with TVs is they have all these features that you don't need that actually manipulate the image. And these are like the 
variable refresh rates, the motion smoothing, all these settings that give you a soap opera effect and do a ton of image processing, where for a monitor, you really want something that's color accurate, sharp, and just works. And I think this is starting to blend these two things together where all of a sudden you can cast and stream and enjoy your favorite shows on your monitor without needing your computer. And you can also use it just as a regular monitor with that color accuracy. So yeah, hope- I'm, I'm really thinking for me, if I ever got these, this would be great well, or for other people to like mount above your desk, like on the wall somewhere in your office. So you could use it as a second monitor potentially to you know, for do computer work, maybe put a video up there and stuff. But also, if you want to, you know, watch a TV show or, you know, cast your phone airplay up to there, boom, you just quickly, it's an entertainment center. All of a I sudden. love that. It could be great for smaller setups or smaller spaces too. Like maybe your desk is in your room and all yeah. of a sudden. Yeah, 32 inches definitely, that feels like you didn't need a smaller area. You could basically be relaxing on your bed and casting to your monitor as opposed to having to be hunched over at your desk to enjoy your favorite show or even just using it off your um, you know it is a smart tv so it comes with a full remote comes with the smart tv operating system basically like a roku tv has hulu and everything on board you can browse that watch whatever you want so really interesting product we'll have to see what the reviews are once it actually gets into people's hands last thing we had was kind of this, more in yeah. your yeah, this is actually, speaking of uh, TV, yeah. T-Mobile launched their T-Vision, T-Vision Live. It's basically like a cable subscription, but you can bundle it in with their phone service. Honestly, I'm not intrigued by this product. I don't think it's a good product. It's, it's like Spectrum offering cell phone plans. kind of. Yeah, well, they do, actually. I mean, we have uh, Spectrum Mobile, so yeah. it's just backwards that t-mobile is going into this cable subscription industry which has been dying and not a good place to be in my opinion but if you're interested you can take a peek there you know it's reasonably affordable and i think you pay per channel so you know you can get a bundle that has the channels you need and you can be all set let's move on to some news and uh we actually had some pretty big news from apple this week where they cut app store rates for developers making under a million dollars on their apps from 30% to 15%. And I believe this is actually a direct uh, result of the uh, Epic Games versus Apple debacle. I think it's a direct result, but it's also a direct escalation, I think. I think this is Apple like messing the water, starting a war between small developers and big developers. Because I read somewhere that like 98% of developers on Apple Store earn less than a million dollars. So interesting. That's a lot of developers out there. However, I think that's that's a pretty substantial impact. It's a substantial amount. But then you look at how much money, right? right, What develop? What amount of developers generate what amount of money? And it's like ninety some percent of the revenue is generated by like one percent of developers developers. doing over a million a year. Exactly. So this is really kind of backwards the way Apple is doing it. Usually, you discount your most loyal customers or your most loyal users or whatever right but apple instead is going oh no we'll give discounts to these you know which is good giving a discount and or not discount but giving you know cutting the Basically rates give, letting app developers earn more money yeah. yeah i don't know like i don't think it's backwards at all this makes a lot of sense to me where apple is like all right if you've scaled the company you probably don't need as much money like you're already making millions and millions of dollars this helps Apple where they can keep their share of the profit so their bottom line doesn't drop significantly. They don't lose a massive revenue stream for them. 
And it allows them to really help out these smaller indie developers where all of a sudden like they're making more money per download, per in-app purchase and things like that. Um, and I think this really helps the smaller indie dev community as a whole. I mean, I, I don't know. I think that that's the that's the Apple propaganda line line that they'd be selling. I think this really is detrimental uh, to the whole app developer community because it's going to pit them against each other, right? Because the big developer is going to say, that's what we want. Come on, give that to us. That's not fair that you're giving it to them. But the, you know, the small developers are going to say, hey, we need this. Stop criticizing it, right? And sure. it's like they really are, you know, they should just discount their rates for the big developers too because essentially what they're doing is they lock you in once you're a big developer that you have nowhere else to go. Like, where would Fortnite go? There's literally no place they can go. Right now, they're just taking a stand based on their moral principles. So they, Apple knows once you're a big developer, you don't have any other market to turn to. And so they can just charge you whatever they want. They could do 50%. People would still have to sell apps on their store. Like, I mean, maybe, I that's, mean, a test, maybe that's a testament to how good of a store it is, but I feel like there has to be a certain point where they have too much of a mon monopoly on something, right? I don't know. I feel like 30% has been standard from both Apple and Google. And my understanding is Apple is the first one here to cut their rates to just 15% for those smaller developers. And, you know, if you're making over, you're making over a million dollars by getting access to Apple's platform and Apple's customers. And considering they haven't increased the rates, they just kept it the same. Like I'm more of a mindset that this is a more reasonable action and, you know, if you're a bigger developer, like clearly you're able to leverage the audience in a lucrative way to make a lot of money from your product. So yeah, I don't know. I mean, I see both sides, I guess. It definitely, at least it's a move in the right direction. I guess it, uh, the, the way I see it though also potentially is Apple is trying to gain even more market share by saying, oh, we can entice developers to come to our platform because they know when they start out, at least they'll be getting uh, 15% more, versus yeah, right? Google's. And because most developers never end up making it into the big threshold they don't have to ever worry so interesting news definitely for sure could be, could be true uh, another news amazon is now partnering with the u.s government to help stop counterfeit goods being sold on the amazon website this has actually been a pretty huge problem i know when i've gotten to look at reviews for popular items like bose noise canceling headphones and other items uh, some of the reviewers are saying like hey these are actually fake and they'll have pictures showing the real item versus the counterfeit item and so what amazon is doing is they are teaming up with the National Intellectual Property Rights Coordination Center, abbreviated IPR Center, uh, okay, to help try and <laughs> yeah to try and help uh, prevent these counterfeit goods at customs and border protection. And this is actually a complement to what Amazon started earlier in the year, uh, which was a dedicated group to try and lock down on uh, counterfeit products. So they announced their counterfeit crimes unit is what they're calling it. Um, and this is really trying to help just crack down on the problem that's been plaguing Amazon. And one of the reasons I actually am skeptical and hesitant to buy certain products from the Amazon website is just yeah, because- Yeah, ever since there was that, was it a video by Vice or something maybe a year ago about how people were also grabbing products out of like trash cans and then selling them on Amazon. I've been a lot more hesitant to buy stuff on Amazon other than like Amazon devices and stuff like that. Yeah, or I think if it says fulfilled by Amazon, that usually yeah. means it has a really good return policy. So if like you don't, like if it's fake or whatever. But, you can but fulfilled it. by Amazon could technically be that it's just some third party shipper grabbing something right. or 
taking something that could be you know counterfeit. i'm just saying it's a better return like true it's that that is easier true, right? to return. it's a lot easier to return you that's can bring what you it, want you can bring it into a whole foods or a kohl's so crazy crazy yeah. it is a big problem all right next we have uh news from a bigger giant the google giant well actually no smaller giant I, right now oh yeah stock good market call. value amazon is bigger technically okay good that's call the correction. smaller big giant yep the big small giant stadia <laughs> is coming to ios as a web Ooh. app I think we saw this coming uh, because who was first to do this? Was it, I think it was Amazon, Amazon actually. Oh, sorry. My Google assistant went off. I think it was Amazon with Luna, as Gabe yep. mentioned. They were like, all right, we can bypass the app store restrictions by making a progressive web app experience on iOS. And so Google's like, hey, that's a good idea. Unclear if they were working on it before, but they are bringing Stadia. Yeah. Do you really think Google hadn't thought about that before? I have no idea. I just the timing of the announcements makes it seem like it seems like it, but I feel Amazon like they must have been working on it. There's no yeah. way Google was like, "Oh my gosh, we never thought about that." <laughs> we have thousands of developers Let's here. Whip it together. Yeah. And I think in additional news, they are launching their their join a session where you can like quick resume based on uh, someone oh, else's gameplay. Awesome. That's coming up pretty soon. And yeah, because we we saw those those discount bundles where they're basically. You either were able to uh, buy those. One offer was buying Cyberpunk. If you pre-order it, you'd get Google Stadia included with the price. Or if you signed up for YouTube Premium or had YouTube Premium, you could claim Google Stadia kit for free. So there's been a huge surge in interest in Google Stadia. Now, it'd be great if YouTube could capitalize on that and or Google could capitalize on that and deliver some of the great features they promised. Absolutely. And the other big news is the typically the free game on Stadia was Destiny 2 but yep. you were required to have the pro subscription to get access to that free game. Now that is no longer the case. It will be a truly free-to-play game, even without the pro subscription. Wow, that is awesome news to hear. So get Stadia, get playing. We've been on this horse for a long time of not being gamers, but liking Stadia because it's a cheap way into the gaming world. And I think there now is like kind of actually some interest in it once they start giving it away for free. <laughs> yeah, it's hard to say no to free. Yeah. Uh, we also had some other Google news, right? Yeah, we did. So this was actually Google Pay. They're starting to take on Venmo with some, I guess, is peer-to-peer transactions. I think you're yeah. the one who added this note. Yeah, so. basically, they're just rolling out more uh, options, more things and, and features in the new Google Play app. And they're calling, I think, on Android, it's Google Play Messages or something like that. It's really weird. But basically, yeah, they're trying to offer peer-to-peer payments like Venmo or Cash App. And then they're also trying to do some stuff like, is it Mint Mobile, right? And Uh, not Mint Mobile, Mint Finance. Yeah, Mint by Intuit. What, Clarity and Truebill and there's some other ones out there. And Power. Yeah, that are basically those uh, apps that you plug all your bank's info into and your credit cards and monitors that. Now Google is also saying, hey, we're your friendly Google. We don't mind your data for ads and stuff. You know, plug in all your credit card and bank info and we'll send you coupons on stuff you can save money on and, and things like that. And that's, it's, you know, definitely Google is great at leveraging data and giving you useful returns, but this seems like the least return for a ton of data. Basically, like this gives Google, when you think about it, the ability to sell an ad to someone, right? To sell, say, Pelicase. They can sell Pelicase an ad and they can look through your finances and say, oh, look, they clicked on your ad at this time and then they bought it here. Like they've just closed the advertising loop. You know, they've won the game. Are they, so are they 
showing you your transaction history as well is that what they're doing they, yeah they well they'd get your um they'd get your bank info and your credit card info when you'd log in and use it as a like account money managing finance app yeah and then also like yeah they they say they aren't currently using it for ad data or something like that but that could easily change in a new TOS update down the road and also technically they maybe are just using it for internal purposes or you know could who be. knows they also are offering banking too so in case you wanted to bank with Google you can kind of now do that too hey so. i i think it's true they collect a gross amount of data but they do offer typically a pretty good experience but speaking but do you agree though this does kind of seem like the least amount of experience and value for what the data you're giving them i i mean i guess considering their other compared compared to something like sign up for gmail and you get free email and and 15 gigs of storage is pretty right yeah for sure we get to monitor all your emails but you're getting free you know or, or the home products where you get to set up stuff but you get great automation and you know control so yeah, we'll I just see, we'll I, see how it. Pans we'll see. Out. Maybe they'll increase what they offer in the future. Uh, the last bit of Google news is they are now testing machine learning to auto-generate chapter markers for videos, and this would actually be super helpful for shows like this. Our podcast episode on YouTube, Google could go in. The AI would say, "Hey, we're in the middle of the quick news section." And then in a little Which bit, is going on far too long. <laughs> add add a chapter marker for the. Uh, next section of the video where we talk about deals. So I think this is super cool. It's a pain as a creator to manually enter the timestamps, but it really helps create a excellent viewing experience. I hope this gets polished out really well. Next and finally, actually next last for the news, uh, we're gonna quickly end this. Snapchat is introducing Spotlight. They actually introduced it. I checked it out on my phone already. It's a clone of TikTok where basically you get that vertical scrolling auto playing video feed. And they are actually giving away a million dollars per day through the end of 2020 to creators whose snaps make it into the spotlight. This is, I mean, we're basically heading towards uh, a singularity of social media apps. Like they're all turning into the same. I don't think anyone's innovating. The the stories feature, right? Yeah. It's kind of like no one's innovating. They're all just copying each other and building it into the app. By, By the way, I did forget to mention Google Pay. Guess what? What? It has a stories feature. <laughs> <laughs> Stop. Yeah, Stop. it does. It does. No. Of course, you know it does because no, it that's just the way that 2020 is going. So yeah, now you can have one story and send it out to 60 different apps so you can make sure to update everyone who follows you on all what those different you're doing. apps. What you're doing, yeah. It's just insane at this point. All right, Gabe, what's coming up next in the world of tech? So uh, we do actually, you know, even... Though traditionally, this is kind of the time of year where it's just sales and companies just worrying about kind of getting their money-making time in, selling all those products that they've introduced previously in the year. We do actually have uh, Sigma launching a new lens from your camera supposedly on December 1st. Uh, reportedly, this could be a wide-angle prime somewhere between like 20 to 40 millimeters. And it's really emphasizing that it should be made to work well with the Sony a7C, so kind of really compact type lens. Uh, should be interesting to see. I have actually never bought a Sigma lens, but I know you and a lot of other creators are really oh, they're fond so of good. Them. Yeah, yeah, it's the uh, eighteen to thirty-five millimeter f one point eight that is just so well known in the YouTube world. Yeah, for like it's... their art lenses, and they're really a great value to features kind of proposition. Yeah, yeah, I'd be interested so. in looking more into this or possibly picking up other Sigma lenses as well. Yeah, and then looking into twenty twenty one, you mentioned it kind of earlier in this quick news. 
uh, segment. We did have the Galaxy S21 leak expected to release in, release in March 2021. Uh, what have we seen uh, in these leaks? Yeah, so Sam Mobile reported the S21 may feature Bixby Voice as a biometric option to unlock your phone. Just can't get rid of Bixby. I'm not sure what to say. Uh, otherwise, stay tuned. Should be we'll announced probably, February. We'll probably also get Bixby stories too, right? <laughs> yeah, somebody go with it. Nice compliment. You know, yeah, that's that's where everyone's really getting the updates. That's what I want personally. Uh, and then we also have Black Friday deals. That's kind of like I mentioned earlier. That's the news that really is do- dominating. And that's the the sales, the constant deals, the discounts. They're just trying to move product. They're just trying to end the year profitable. So that's kind of a great segue into the rest of this episode, which is basically just us looking over and discussing our you know buying strategies, which we've kind of had touched on in the past, but you know updating you on which products to look at and then which specifically deals we're looking at uh, this Black Friday time of the year. Yeah, so I, I think it'd be great to rehash kind of our strategy going into this. And uh, something I want to emphasize is, you know, 2020 has been a roller coaster of a year. You know, if you if you don't need something, you know, please save your money. Don't make that unnecessary purchase. Um, saving and being making sure you're mentally healthy and you know you can eat really good food. That's all more important than falling into the commercialism that is the United States of America. Uh, but in terms of our approach, that being, that being said. That being said, dive yeah, head, we're about let's to cover dive head first into the commercialization and uh, if you are going to buy something, you might as well get a good deal on it, right? Yeah. So, uh, my general tip is to visualize your master setup, whether it's a gaming setup for a PC gamer, monitor, keyboard, mouse, those kinds of things, your home entertainment system, or even your home workstation. Create your vision for what your ideal setup would be, and then only buy products that will help you build that setup. Otherwise, you'll get caught in the, oh, well, this looks kind of cool. Maybe I'll pick it up or I think this will be helpful. And you end up getting stuff that you don't really need, even if it is a good deal. So that's my tip. My tip is kind of like that, but more for like, because this is the giving time of the year, right? You should be thinking of others. So, you know, less selfish, you know, I feel like making me a better person, obviously, and probably getting the golden shopping cart, which we've neglected to talk about, but I probably have received that every episode. Yeah, probably. Uh, episode. You got a collection but, yeah, over there. Kind of like you were saying, make a list of the gifts you want to get people, you know, of what you might be looking at. Like, oh, I, you know, this person could get wireless headphones, maybe specifically the Apple AirPods, because obviously they're an Apple user. So let's look at those. Or let's also, maybe I could get them, you know, the new HomePod mini. And then you check those on your list. And then you realize because the HomePod mini was just launched, Apple probably isn't going to do any deals on that. And you see, okay, AirPods there are actually good deals. And then that's the ones you get. So yeah, it's very key to not be overwhelmed by the sheer number of just dealsness that you get this time of year and have certain key products that you're watching. So you can A, keep track of what's actually happening. Are they actually going on sale? And B, not be fooled into thinking a product is on sale just because it says it's on sale because you've been watching the price for a while and can see, oh, it's actually only maybe a dollar cheaper. Yeah, so there's some great extensions for Chrome that you may consider. Keepa is one that's used for Amazon. Really good job at monitoring those prices. And you can see, I think someone tweeted out on Twitter, there is a particular gaming mouse that resailed for 40 but has been spiking up to like 50 or 60 And it's anticipated Amazon will quote unquote offer a deal or discount back down to that $30 price. So if you're using these tools like Keepa, Honey, I think also has this built in. Uh, these will help you make sure you're actually getting a good value for the product you're looking for. 
With that yeah. said, uh, Gabe, should we just kind of go in and talk about some of the products we found and some of the good deals? Well, in general, we do say, right, that uh, like generally Apple doesn't offer the greatest deals. That's kind of, you know, they do offer some stuff, usually gift cards they'll offer. Yeah, I think often. it's been like a $50 gift card for the past couple of years. Yeah, and if you actually standard. want a deal, a deal on the Apple product, you have to usually go to like Best Buy, Target, places yeah. like that. E&H also. Yeah. I mean, what happens is, Apple's inventory, they clear out like the older gen products. Like now that we have the M1, MacBook Air, and MacBook Pro, you can typically find steep discounts on the previous generation MacBook Air, MacBook Pro that still perform well, will easily meet your needs. I just want to look at Best Buy and B&H for those kinds of deals and discounts. Yep. The, the good uh, categories or areas to watch the four deals, obviously smart home devices, we always say their you know cost to end like they're basically their the amount of profit they generate per product is so high because i don't know they're really it's more smart home products are more of a service than an actual product that these companies are just you know falling over each other to offer deals and they're also trying to gain a lot of market share so they know that the holiday time of the year is a lot of often when people are going out and buying smart home products and giving them as gifts so if they can you know pop out and stand out a little more because they're offering a better deal definitely that that's what they're going to do. Absolutely. So I think smart home TVs are another item that typically get, oh, they go on sale. And you yeah, can you, find I mean, deals. I feel like that's the, that's the epitome of black Friday and cyber Monday. Yeah. Deals. It's crazy. It's just the TVs. TVs. Yeah. Which is weird because TV. I feel like people only buy one, like once every five years or something like that, or even longer. So it's like, but it's so often people now like think of this time of the year as the time of the year to buy a TV. So they know that if you're going to get someone to buy that TV for the next five years, you better offer it's, a good deal. It's got to be today where it's on sale. Yeah. So that's definitely keep an eye on TVs. And generally, like, I feel like Best Buy, you know, obviously we mentioned B&H are good stores to watch, but sometimes Target and, you know, Walmart or your traditional retailers, even like Costco or BJ's will have better deals on like certain, certain things like sometimes iPads or even like DJI products, which don't see many discounts other places. That's true. That's true. A lot of like so. blue. I'm honestly all the tech products. Like you can yeah. find deals and discounts on everything. Yeah. So, so anyways, let's go on uh, to some specific products. You are very cell phone focused, obviously. Because yeah. That's kind of. Your can niche. I just like quickly start with that? Like let's one just thing give I, a people. You might have to skip ahead uh, if you don't interested. No, in, cell phones. You know. Everyone's interested. You all want right, the well, new iPhone? Tell them why right? they should be interested in it. Well, basically, here's what happens. This time of year, all the carriers are like, this is our time to get new customers. This is our time to switch people from AT&T to Verizon or from Verizon to T-Mobile. So they're all putting out their best deals, but they don't discount the service. They discount the phone and then rope you into a two-year financing agreement with that phone. So you do need to be ready to sit through this for the long haul to get these deals. But typically you're seeing like, you can get a free phone if you add a line to your account. If you're an existing customer, if you're switching carriers, boom, you're adding a line to your account. That's gonna give you free phones with trade-ins. And this is a great way to save. You can get really good deals on the new iPhone 12 or Galaxy S20 Plus. And just go to the specific carrier website to find the deals that work best for you. The other thing I will say is if you don't wanna get locked into a carrier financing agreement, you can typically find great deals. I mentioned them before, but on Swappa, they sell gently used electronics. Uh, for example, iPhone 11 Pro going for $620. That used to be a $1,000 phone, so that's a really good deal. And you can even get the uh, Galaxy S20 FE starting at $490 on Swappa. So something to consider. And one bonus hack, what you're gonna do is if you look and see that the trade-in value of your phone isn't that high, or I guess what you want to do is 
If you have a newer phone, the iPhone 11 Pro, for example, and you want to upgrade to the iPhone 12 or 12 Pro, you can often sell your phone for a higher price than what you'll get for trade-in, and then you can buy a phone off a site like Swappa and use that as your trade-in device, and you'll end up getting more money as trade-in value than when you paid for the phone. Yeah, if you literally, I guess, would just look up what phones they accept to get that promotion, they will often yep. have a list of it, and just look up what's the cheapest phone you can get used that's on that list, buy that phone, and then trade it in. Yeah, Boom. that's a, Just got to make sure a it's in good, good quality. Sure. Yeah. I would say, that's... I mean, you didn't talk about like Best Buy being a good place, but I know because I worked there for a while that they're often a good place to go in if you are sw thinking of switching carriers yeah. because they are able to sell you and get you hooked up with any of the carriers. Of the that's true. Carriers. And they are offering up to $900 off the iPhone 12 or 12 Pro wow. with a qualifying activation and trade-in. So that could be... Deal. Could be it. But again, with the Best Buy model phones, they typically will become locked to the carrier you sign up for. So yeah, so look into that. It's sure. a longer term commitment. If you're looking for something shorter term, you can get deals on other great tech products. Gabe, what's a deal that you've been looking at? I mean, the one that I'm literally, I might almost just buy right now on the podcast is I've, you know, I'm in the Amazon home ecosystem right now, though you having the, what is it, the Nest Mini and, and like the Google products has definitely you know, enticed me into getting into that potentially because Google does seem like a smarter assistant for sure. But for the time being, I still think Amazon really has got the edge right now on smart home and their new Echo, uh, which just announced literally two months ago, we talked about it, or not even two months ago, which is their fourth gen, goes for $100 usually, but for Black Friday, they are offering it for $70 to $30 off. And that's through pretty much every retailer will offer that. And if you buy through Amazon, however, you're going to be able to get six months of Amazon Music Unlimited included free, which granted, asterisk there, does auto-renew, so make sure you put a timer or set a reminder on the yeah, date I it will that, so you don't they, get charged. Yeah. But Amazon Music Unlimited, if you don't know about it, it's really the best way to get the best experience from your Amazon Echo product because you can say, like, you know, play the song that goes like or hum a song, and it will know what song you're talking about and be able so to play cool. that. So, so it's cool. very awesome. They also have the new dot. Uh, or the smaller dot going for, I think, $28 or $29, and that's usually like $50, so almost 50% off on that product. It's crazy. Honestly. Those are really they, good. I think, uh, you know, if you're using a smart Amazon speaker, products. Yeah. you may also be interested in music and getting good audio okay. quality. Yeah. So uh, some deals that I've noticed on headphones are Sony's new WH-1000XM4s, the infamously poorly named but excellent wireless noise-canceling over-the-ear headphones Usually sell for three forty nine. They're going for two hundred seventy eight dollars on Best Buy right now. Oh think, wow, that is a pretty good deal, actually. I didn't see those. Right, pretty Maybe steep I discount. Pick those up. Um, but mm. you know, while we're here, I might as well mention that along with getting the deals for new products, you may consider Best Buy's open box, and oftentimes the open box will offer a better discount than even the deal itself. So, for example, these headphones, I'm seeing retail price three fifty, discount down to two seventy eight. Open box all the way down at two hundred twenty six dollars. Wow. Maybe that's the one I get. Yeah, I was a similar vein to this kind of. I would mention that always check the retailer's website for what they're if they do have a store on their website, what they're selling it for. Because I've noticed more and more retailers, I mean manufacturers, sorry, are trying to avoid going through retailers. And so, especially one company that comes to mind is GoPro. They started offering their GoPro for three hundred fifty dollars in the fall. And that was through their website, however, and you got GoPro Plus. 
But if you bought through Best Buy and other places like that, you would have to pay $450. So really, you know, these companies are trying to push you through their website, through their getting their subscription Direct service to and such. consumer, yeah. Uh, and speaking of GoPro, you can get their GoPro 9 bundle for $350, like I mentioned. But now they're including the bundle of other like accessories, which is like a handle, micro SD card. I think it's a head mount and something else. And that was usually $450. So a good deal there, but only, again, you can get that through GoPro's site. Um, yeah. Similar, I, I also like DJI products. However, don't really bother looking there. Like Apple, they kind of never offer deals on their products. The only place, if you really want a deal on their product, would be to go to a third-party retailer. So kind of the reverse of what I just said earlier. <laughs> uh, they did actually, they have some deals, right? They're not going to completely, you know, turn down the opportunity to say they have deals. Uh, and so the Mavic Mini, the original one launched last year, is going for $360. Osmo Mobile 3 going for $100. However, if you scroll back uh, to the previous episodes where we talked about the new versions of those products being launched, I mentioned that I had a feeling they weren't going to mark down the old version until Black Friday so they could say they're offering a deal when really all they're doing is clearing out old inventory and you know pricing a product what it should be now that a new version is out. Yeah, and I'm actually kind of wondering about that with the Sony headphones because I was on Sony's website once you brought that up, yeah. and they're listed on the website now for 280 bucks, which is what Best Buy and all the right. other retailers are selling them for. So now I'm wondering, like, are these headphones going to go back up in price, or are they just now going to be 280? You know, that kind of uh, situation. Well, it'll probably be that they'll go back up in prices elsewhere, but they'll continue to be 280 on Sony's site because. You know, sure. they cut out the middlemen, basically. Well, I, I don't actually think Sony particularly sells them. They actually link to all the other retailers. Oh, that's interesting. So, yeah. But yeah. Um, I think that this could be I know, a new... I know Samsung does sell them, and like on their... I was, I've been watching their T7 SSD, deciding when to buy it. <laughs> when to spring it on keeps, that. it keeps dropping. And, you know, it was originally on sale on Samsung's site, and then now the sale has spread to elsewhere like a wildfire, and now Samsung's site has dropped again. So it's like... Just keep watching the, you know, the manufacturer's site to see what's in store on for sales elsewhere. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. That's, I mean, that's pretty much it for deals for me. Oh, we did have Apple, some deals from them. Well, actually not from them, but on their products through other places. We had uh, the Apple Watch Series 5 going for $100 off the original price. So $300 and $329 for the 40 millimeter and 44 millimeter versions. And the AirPods Pro, which were, they made it pretty far in our best of tech episode. Uh, on the mobile devices and stuff, and they're going for two hundred dollars only with a wireless charging case down from two fifty. So, you might pick those up, maybe. Perhaps, definitely think about it. And I don't know if you mentioned this, but the AirPods Pro down to two hundred dollars. That's what I literally just mentioned. Oh shoot, I'm so sorry. Yeah, you do need new headphones, so <laughs> I would go buy these immediately because yours apparently aren't working. I was zoning out because I was thinking about it. Uh, and the regular AirPods going for one hundred twenty dollars. Yeah, that's another great deal. Uh, notably, we should mention they probably will be launching new AirPods in Yeah, it's, it's kind of hard so. to tell. Like, I feel like a lot of these products are kind of ending their life cycle. So you get them discounted now, and then the new product will be announced uh, early 2021. But uh, so. why, not, why not enjoy the product now? Get it on sale. <laughs> I guess it's, it's true. Now. Yeah. So I don't know. I mean, I feel like there's just... A plethora of deals out there that all yeah, the new we sites we are. We can't cover them all. The best way, really, to look at deals is not in an audio format when you're listening to it. It's most likely on a website that's updating or someone's Twitter feed, right, or something like that. That's more visual format can lay it out 
you can compare prices. So we're not going to bore you anymore with any more deals. We're just going to say have a happy and safe Thanksgiving wherever you are. Hopefully you're not traveling too much. You know, if you are getting together with people who are family for Thanksgiving, keep those gatherings small. Cases are just continuing to spike with COVID. And we, you know, we want to have you around to listen to future podcast episodes and enjoy future Thanksgivings with your family. So be safe, be happy. Stetson, you can take us out. Yeah, absolutely. So thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Pinch to Zoom podcast. If you enjoyed us, please rate us on Apple Podcasts and share this episode with a friend so they know of the best Black Friday deals to take advantage of. You can follow us at Pinch to Zoom pod on Twitter and at Pinch to Zoom podcast on Instagram. I'm Stetson. I'm Gabe. And we look forward to talking to you in the next episode. That's good. Yeah. Are you guys doing anything? You cooking anything good? I should stop this audio. Uh, vegetarian stuff. What? You should stop what? Uh, the audio, unless you need the no, outro. No, keep recording. This is the outro. Oh. Yeah. Oh, I missed didn't that. You wow. realize, didn't no. you realize this was the outro? I didn't realize at all. It's the outro right now. I'm, I'm now using this because we're going and breaking the fourth wall. Boom. <laughs>